Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wessel Show, and I am your host and executive producer, Lois Wessel, coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 8 o'clock a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free. And if you do, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can telephone or you can call us using Skype. After you call, if you want me to open the line and let you speak on the show, then hit the numeral 1. Otherwise, you can just listen to the show on your phone or on your computer. In the second half of the show, we'll begin taking questions. Also, I want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics and spirituality, the coming changes, and the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. I've been sending it out for 11 years now. To sign up for that, you go to hotpinklotus.com, and I don't ever share your email addresses with anyone. Your privacy is important. We've got an absolutely stellar experience for you today on this show. Our guest is Dr. Thornton Streeter, the UK's premier expert on complementary and alternative medicine. His focus is on the human bio field. Let's get him on the line here. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you this morning? And you're calling me from 7 a.m. your time in the mountains. Yeah, that's probably why my voice sounds a little bit um, biofield gravelly. <laughs> so, for the benefit of those who don't know what the biofield is, can you give us a quickie explanation? Yes, well, I think the biofield is the the relatively new scientific <clears throat> term which describes all the emanations and exhausts of the body. Um, I suppose that doesn't include heat, but uh, it certainly is considered by us because there is so much interesting information just in the thermal um, footprint or uh, map of somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, um, what we're looking at is biophotonic emissions coming from Um, living systems so in this case obviously a more familiar term would be the human aura Mm -hmm. Um, it's a multi-dimensional you know experience so I think what we're doing with the technology we use to to measure the biofield we're just peering in at various different levels so yeah I mean we're beginning to learn more about it certainly for thousands of years people have talked about it in hundreds of different traditions so um, yeah I think it's definitely the biofield's turn now to have proper scientific scrutiny applied to it so that we can, you know, root out the woo-woo and encourage and embrace and integrate all that's good from, you know, traditional understandings of this, you know, bigger body, bigger body than, a, than the physical, put it that way. Yeah, it seems to me that a lot of people who were able to perceive using whatever their extrasensory perception were already able to perceive the light that's coming from the body were considered to be kooky yeah. and and in our culture until it's measured with a machine we don't believe it well i think a lot of the uh, the actual kind of um, stock as if we were a bunch of racehorses was wiped out wasn't it you know and they burnt all the witches i mean oh. maybe there was a genetic pool that <laughs> was quite heavily restricted um, oh, clairvoyance I mean Clairvoyance is clear seeing. Um, yes. It's not anything more than that. In the same way, diagnosis means uh, two people don't know. 
you know, words have their very important meaning. Mm-hmm. So those people who could see this sort of thing, you're saying, were wiped out. Oh, yeah, well, globally, yeah, absolutely. Oh. It took us 100 years to, to build the stock back up enough to have the right sort of population density of, of seers to, uh, to uh, experience us. I've never heard it worded that way before. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so how did you get interested in this? I banged my head very hard. <laughs> really? Yeah. Seriously? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's and exactly what happened. Well, to be honest, I mean, you know, in my own personal, you know, mirror story, I think that, you know, I, I think I, I got an invitation at about 14, and it was sat there on my mantelpiece, you know, do you want to come and work for spirit? And, of course, I didn't have the faintest idea what that meant. So, you know, it took a bang on the head to realize. Wow. So when was the first time you got to see the biofield? Um, that is probably... Well, I don't have any childhood memories of it, put it that way. I, I'm, you know, my childhood memories are running across the lawn stark naked chasing little <laughs> girls. Uh, sorry, but um, yeah, I think I think I should have took a bang to the head before. I, yeah, I mean that was the experience that I had, which you know opened my eyes. Let's say it was about 21. I dived into the shallow end of a swimming pool. Oh. But it's funny because you know I've always said in my own personal prayers, um, you know they start with thank you and end with thank you. Mm-hmm. But um, you know I've always not wanted to have any special gifts. Um, I made it clear, you know, in my personal prayer meditation, um, because, you know, when you do, you're then at a huge disadvantage from everybody else. True. Because uh, you assume so much. You know, I, I quite like the humility of actually having to work somebody's, you know, triangulation, if you like, out, you know, where they are in time and space and beyond. Because, you know, it's certainly my philosophy that we don't have a right as therapists to take someone to point B into good health until we exactly know where their point A is. Hmm. So, so in other words, I'm 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 a, I see myself as an energy cop rather than a rather than one of the actual um, you know artisans. Hmm. You know because you know if 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 I'm running a an esoteric school or an, or a or a reiki school and and I'm about to unleash these young healers on an unsuspecting public, then they should do what I've taught them to do. They should be able to do it, because it's a two-way traffic energy. I mean, if I haven't trained someone properly, and they haven't learned the, 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 the way of getting out of the way that you need to for healing, then they might, you know, do more harm than good. Impose they might be drawing energy from people who are weakened already. Uh-huh. A little bit of knowledge, you know, is a dangerous thing, and many people are piling into this industry, perhaps uh-huh. unprepared. I love that. Now that I understand what you're saying, because I've been accused of being a cop myself. Oh, yeah. And oh, you have to. You have to, because we have to self-regulate our industry. If we don't, it gets imposed upon us, and that's often draconian. Absolutely. So one of the dangers that I see is when people are are doing energy medicine and they don't know what they're doing is that they impose their will on others. They decide what that other person needs and then give it to them without knowing from the individual what is needed. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think nature has a wonderful way of drawing on resources as it needs them and then being full and abundant and overflowing. I think you can't overheal someone. It's just like washing a bucket that you've been filling up. But in terms of someone imposing their will on someone else, well, that's when it becomes magic, you know. And yeah. people don't black realize... Magic. Pardon? That's when it becomes black magic. Yeah, well, green, yellow, pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, the difference, you see, if I'm a healer thinking I'm plugged into the mains, I'm not doing anything anyway, so there's no will. It's only when I'm using my batteries thinking that I'm drawing on the mains that that, that the efforts get perverted. Mm-hmm. And knowing the distinction is the tricky part. Well, you can measure it. <laughs> because if there's and no activity in the crown chakra when a healer's working, then, then they're not healing, they're sucking. And you can measure that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is that, you know, we come now as a scientific community loaded. We're not waving peacock feathers and swinging pendulums at you going, you've got to believe us. This is tools, measuring tools, which anyone can use. I mean, they're, oh not, they're not expensive either. So, you know, one of the issues about our movement is it's a grassroots movement. And you know, we don't want to be throwing mountains up in front of ourselves to have to climb when, you know, we can take a nice scenic route. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of having, you know, all the information, having the, the holistic perspective. Energy medicine, to me, is just one of many modalities. I've tested hundreds. Mm-hmm. They all have their place, you know. Some, some modalities, including surgery and, um, you know, emergency care, that are absolutely important for the integrative movement come from the allopathic system. You know, there's a broad spectrum of modalities which, which are important for the human body. And we observe how the biofield um, interacts with those interventions. Um, for example, you know, if I consider <clears throat> my surgeon telling me I've got a golden hour, so if I have a heart attack, I've got an hour to get to hospital, well, in our work, we talk about having a golden year when we can see a pattern emerging like a weather system in somebody's field. And we have a whole year to um, teach, because healing is teaching, teach that person how to heal and balance and steer away from that storm. And, of course, the patterns are the same, even though people are different. So I can see a pattern emerging in someone that I've noticed in a 100 other people and in their medical records, because they were more advanced, they have a pattern and symptoms that, that, that currently pigeonholed as diabetes. So I know that if I can deal with this fellow now through diet, through lifestyle changes, he won't get a disease which, you know, in terms of um, sustainability is, is expensive. You know, it puts his family in a, in a danger zone. Mm-hmm. And so this type of preventative um, opportunity allows us for you know, sustainable medicine. So people talk to me, why are you so hung up on the biofield? And I go, it's the key, it's the cornerstone. Every modality in the world uses the meridians. I mean, holistic modality uses the meridians, uses the chakras, uses the biofield, uses the acupuncture points. And if our brothers and sisters in the, um, you know, modern medicine don't know what these things are, they're never going to understand what we do. So right. until those um, 
scientific results are properly embedded into the you know, medical uh, anatomy and physiology books of our young students, even today, young doctors don't have the slightest idea about it, even though it's proved beyond recognition. I'll give you an example. I have a lab in India, but we also have a team of people who, um, who are building the resource database of work that's been done. You know, there's more work, there's more papers being published on healing right now than on pharmacology. There's so much going on. People t- keep talking to me about in the future something's going to happen. I'm going, huh? Where have you been? North Pole. You know, there is, there is, there is the most incredible velvet revolution going on. Totally a bloodless revolution. Because, you know, the, everyone's involved. People either want it or they've already got it. They want the, you know, the, the perspective from their practitioner that includes their emotions, that includes their spiritual state, includes, you know, their very essence, not just what their body chemistry is doing right now. Wow. And, you know, the, the fact is that human knowledge is, is, has reached the point that every month we're now getting accruing more information or have, obtaining yeah. more knowledge than we did in the 6,000 years leading up to 1950, according to yeah. the Encyclopedia Britannica. So nobody can keep up with it. Well, yes, but I mean, if you look at those types of curves, they're dangerous because when a curve starts ascending so steeply, um, there's only one way it's going to go afterwards. Um, you know, so I don't see that curve. I see a nice, beautiful, gentle sloping curve, you know, you know, you want people project things onto each other and they believe it. You know, 2012 is coming up and we're all going to go through the cosmic car wash. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be a little gentle bump and a little tickle and, you know, something else is going to happen. Who knows? Yeah, I have my um, days when I think each each thing, you know, I just go back and forth personally. Yeah. But I'm hoping for the gentle bump. Well, I mean, what I feel is an opportunity is that, you know, as a group... Um, you know, there's there's a hundred monkeys out there who've who've understood something, and it's an infinite understanding, an infinite perspective. Um, you know, some people talk about it as being enlightenment, but there's definitely a hundred of those monkeys out there who are who have got it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know, if you think about the morphogenic effect of the hundred monkeys all clubbing the the the, the palm nut with a stone and opening it and having this tool, and when the critical mass of number of those people, of those monkeys doing the same job is reached, it then becomes broadcast so that every monkey in the world knows how to bang a palm nut with a stone. I think that's the kind of thing that's happening, is that a few very, very, very interesting people uh, are meditating, and they're meditating for 20, 30 years. And because there's now spread all over the world, not just in the mountains of various different ranges, um, there's a kind of a, a hum going on. And I think people are hearing it, and it's and it's and it's almost audible. And I think you know we'll all rise to the challenge in one go. Um, it, it's what's needed. It's like you know everyone's got to lift their skirts to sweep the carpet. You know we've got to kind of hold our breath and wipe the blackboard clean. It's full. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just an opportunity to you know, have a fresh slate. And so, you know, I think about mankind charging headlong into the abyss of, of pollution and toxicity, but there's an opportunity. 
for us to see in the future. Wow, there's a, there's a stone. We can trip on that stone and just shift one degree to the right. And wow, we're back in the Garden of Eden again, having a fresh turn. Yeah, I like that story the best. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, uh, uh, sort of strayed that's, that's into That's the Eastern one I'm going to project. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the consciousness listen, I'm going to absorb and project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I people give me bad news about, you know, this, that, and the other. I say pollution's an illusion. You know, there are 119 toys on Earth called elements, and we mix them up and shook them about and lay them down again. You know, if the... If the illusion that we think that's pollution is enough to get us off our arse and, and work the planet better and more efficiently, then yahoo. But it's not poison to me. They're all raw materials that I need to shine. Excellent. I'm just, I just, it's just putting negativity into, into what's lying around us is, is the key to holding us back from taking off. So don't do it. And this is, this is, you know, a scientist speaking who just spent 10 years in the lab watching people and um, watching them in, in a way that allows you to see the veil lifted. You know, I get all kinds of gurujis brought in who are flashing the pans who don't have any tricks at all. The camera never lies. And yet these wonderful little humble itinerant healers come and we see, you know, energy fields with um, boxing gloves of blue energy around the hands where they've used their hands so much to heal all day, every day, from village to village that they've got this kind of engorged energy around their hand. Wow. And you get these individual examples which make you realize that this is, this is, this is our future. You know, the, the differentiation as we understand more about our fields and, and how we project them and what we see through them. Clairvoyance happens as a result of us building a lens in our field in front of our third eye with energy. And we see through it and that becomes clairvoyance. It's not like we have, all haven't got the same equipment inside physically in the, in, the, in the pituitary pineal glands it's when we create this lens in our field through humility and overcoming lust I mean I talk about these two things very specifically you know Christian model gives us seven deadly sins and seven heavenly virtues that's a, a metaphor and a parable for a dysfunctional set of chakras the seven deadly sins and then a mastered um, set of chakras so as we replace anger, greed, gluttony, envy, sloth, lust, and pride with mastery, kindness, you know, chastity, unconditional love, and finally with humility, then we're in the game. Everyone else is playing with plastic toys, you know, in play school, they think it's life. You know, for me, you know, understanding of, of the traditions in India over 20 years and applying them to scientific scrutiny, you realize that, that this process is, 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 a, is a gearing. Everyone's driving around in first gear, and we have the second sacral gear. We have the third gear of, of personal power. And instead of just randomly jumping in and out of these gears we don't even know un unconsciously, you know, mastery is when we can move and raise our center of gravity of consciousness right up between our eyes, you know, like a head of water. And to sustain that, we have to have our crown open to keep us up there, to keep our consciousness up there. Otherwise, we're back in the fight, fight or flight mode, you know, and you right, worried about our camera. mortgages. Pardon? 
You see this on your, on the camera when people's emotions change, the light around them changes. There's no aura camera that works uh-huh. as such. It's a multi-dimensional thing. What we do is we've taken all of the aura cameras, all of the aura measuring devices, and we work them together. So the 5, 10, 15% of real useful information they see, we add together and correlate, and then you build up a picture in your mind's eye, which is very accurate, because I can, I can find a little rent, a leaking rent in somebody's field, which I might not see in the camera, but I'll measure it with a couple of other tools. And then maybe I'll go back to the camera and look there from the right angle and see something. So it's not a one-horse a one one, one show, this. It's, it's multidimensional, and that's what we've been doing for 10 years. And that's why we're happy to come now to the media and say, listen, we're fed up with the bad rap that natural medicine's getting. There is a bunch of tools out there where you can measure it. It's a simple problem. What you're trying to do is you're trying to impose your baseball umpires on our football match. And your baseball umpires don't know anything about football. What we need is we need the football umpires to develop and be funded and grow so they can umpire the football match the baseball umpires can mind their own business and and umpire their match and the sports authority can make sure both sports are well well managed well organized well led so where are you going to get the football umpires oh they're already there they're Um, already there they're people like you you're umpiring right now i'm a tricky little you know left back trying to get the ball up the pitch and you're laying down the boundaries of what is the pitch by speaking to me because I'm telling you this is how we play football and so you listen to the footballers first don't you oh okay gotcha and 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 you give them an opportunity you know the level playing field the the the, the medical playing field is not a level playing field there's no there's no integration of medicine right now how can there be there's machine gunners on the other side pointing at us across what they consider to be a no man's land and it's the no man's land where science and spirit may never meet according to some victorian era deludos you know they threw the baby out with the bathwater you can't lock God out of the lab. He's going to play tricks with you. He's going to make you think your drugs work. You just can't do that. You know, it's all part of the same thing. It's like <laughs> separating eggs without shells and experience. And, of course, the allopathic medicine's fear is that they will lose money to a complementary medicine if they don't stop aiming the... Um, machine guns at complementary medicine and and who is manufacturing machine guns and providing the ammunition is the pharmaceutical companies yeah well the thing is these guys are really good distributors they're really good marketeers and they're really good at shelf life so let them sell all our new integrative wonderful energy powered healing remedies you know what i do is in in my clinic is every thursday all the people who are on high doses of medication come in and we lay them all in the floor in the middle and then we form a circle and we give reiki to the medicine so instead of becoming you know you know instead of not working energetically because it wasn't designed to do that we turn pharmaceuticals into reiki pills and they're totally fantastic then so so i'm not someone who sees an enemy i see someone who's a friend that you just don't know yet and I think all these 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 people are going to really appreciate the opportunity to just move slightly over in their seat and suddenly be the good guy. 
That's the trick. You don't point finger at people and say you're bad. You just say you're ill-informed. And here's a better thing, because it's selling better than your stuff, and I'm giving it to you for nothing, because we're not interested in money and fear. We're interested in community and sustainability and, and union and love. So tell me about what you're doing in Boulder. <laughs> right. Well, Boulder, I mean, there's some wonderful little hot spots in, in the world. Um, I think Boulder's one of them, you know, sort of place where there are more healers than healies. You know, all the healers here are running one-room hotels, you know, waiting for their one client to come back. It's, a, it's such a beautiful place. I'm being very, very naughty here. But actually, Boulder is the... the, the the key place for us because of ICEM. ICEM is the um, you know, International Society for the Study of Subtle Energy and Energy Medicine. And for the last few years, 20-odd years, they've been focusing the um, uh, interest on energy medicine and subtle energy you know, into a conference. And you know, as happens, locals benefit from from interesting activity that happens locally so um there's a quite an, a, a group of people here who who are versed in the type of things that we're interested in so our our aim is to set up a laboratory i mean we've got a really good team running in a lab in pune in india at the um at the unesco world peace center but you know the results there are sort of not so appreciated in europe as they are perhaps in other parts of the world so here's an opportunity for us to um, work within, you know, the international standard, you know, American university system or healthcare system and, um, you know, cover the same bases. There's some really exciting work going on um, in biophotonic emissions, in energy field influences on biological systems. And, you know, because of some kind of ethics and morality issues, there's, there's a resistance for that work to be done here. It's a bit like missing the most important boat that you could ever possibly miss and having to wait a week for it to come back to take you there. You know, this is an opportunity for um, the community here to be, you know, be well-equipped well and united and well-informed about the types of things that are happening. Um, you know, when you ban things or, you know... That you disencourage a scientific community from exploring them, um, you know, you're not just stifling them, you're also losing out. Pharmaceutical companies in, in America need to take note. You know, everyone's taking an upgrade. Why are you guys wallowing in, you know, wallowing in the mud counting your money? I but, I mean, you know, I feel it would more. be nice... I think I should talk a little bit, you know, about the biofield, you know, what it is. I mean, you did start off with that question, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, this is it. This is the key. You know, people talk about meridians, whether they're doing Reiki, whether they're doing acupuncture, whether they're doing laser therapy, whether they're a body talker, you know, whether they're an energy psychologist. They're all talking about these meridians. And then you ask them, well, what are they? And they go, oh, they're these energy channels. Yeah, well, what the heck's that? Oh, you know, you know, all these points, the acupuncture points, you know, we've got these different, you know, looping energy channels. Well, I mean, you, you know, you've, you, you've walked, you've talked yourself into a joke already because it doesn't mean anything to anybody. 
you know, we need to know what the meridians are. We need to know what they are. We need to know what they're made of. Um, you know, if you look at a hose pipe that's attached to a tap, and it's, you know, the pipe's not on properly, maybe there's a bit of string around there, there's water leaking out. That water will cling quite happily to the outside of the hose pipe, just as readily as it will flow down the inside. So we have an opportunity potentially for energy or something to flow down all our nerves, all our veins, all our arteries, capillaries, externally, just because of surface tension mm -hmm. concept. You know, is that the meridians? Is the meridians the external um, channels that we actually have physically in our body already, the vessels? Or is there something else? I mean, I've seen so many interesting research projects, you know, lateral thinking, you know, where you apply moxibustion, heat, to an acupoint, and then with a thermal camera, you can actually see the heat traveling down these very symmetrical channels that aren't in the position where the lymph nodes and, and the lymph vessels or the, um, the arteries are, or the nerves, and they're not, they're not like that. So we can suddenly see, with this type of process, evidence. Um, you know, probing further, a group in South Korea, having studied some work done in North Korea, um, started looking back at the physical body and going, we believe there's a kind of a, a strand, like a hair strand. These pictures had been done by this uh, North Korean fellow called Bonghan, B-O-N-G-H-A-M, I think it is. And, um, and so this professor at Yonsei University, Professor Kim, showing me these photographs, you know, like a beautiful scientific uh, images, modern images, you know, these, these hair-like fibers with glowing, glowing um, objects, very small objects in them, stained with acridine orange, clear as the, you know, absolutely clear to see. You know, what is that? Is that a, is that a capillary? No, no, this is a meridian. This is a, the fiber optic strand that, you know, allows our, you know, supersensory activities to be, to be nourished, to be informed. You know, if I needle the vision point on my toe, my brain and the functional MRI that observes the activity reacts faster needling the toe than it does with me shining a light in my eye. And so this meridian is like the broadband superhighway in your house and the nervous system is like the old-fashioned copper wiring it's the meridians we rely on to leap out of the way of a speeding truck not our nerves you know if we relied on chemical reactions and, and nerve synapse activity you know we'd be asphalt Exactly. But we, we have this supersensory system, and we just ignored it because we thought it was fascia. It's like, you know, the classic story of the lab assistants always, you know, pouring out, you know, something in the sink, and they're doing the experiments, and the, all the interesting bit was I mean, what they poured down the sink. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's a piece of the meridians that needs to be explored and, and qualified. I mean, what have these South Koreans discovered? Have they finally proven acupuncture and the whole basis of it and therefore half of energy medicine in one go? If so, I don't want to do any more science. I want to stand on the roof and shout about it until some other scientists are actually going, yeah, all right, then let's have a look at this. This is an interesting one. We can make some money out of this or whatever shit they need to motivate them. <laughs> 
Okay. And then on the other side of the coin, we have the chakras. You know, I've already alluded in talking to you about the seven deadly sins that, that there's a center of gravity of consciousness, you know, that's, that, we, that we can be at. You know, right now I'm talking to you. You've got me whipped up. I'm, I'm right here between the eyes and in the throat. I can feel myself here. If it, that's what the chakra allows for. But it's also the, the, the front-line self-regulatory system of the body. Because what the chakras do, in the same way that a bush, it needs something. It needs to be pollinated. It opens flowers. Here come the bees. Bing, bang, bong. Pollination. The body, like a bush, it needs a slower frequency modulation. So the chakra, the satellite dish, is sent a signal by the hormone to open up to a point towards the cosmos and draw the specific range of bandwidth that it's, that it's designed to. So the base chakra draws the, the bigger sweeping wavelengths. And as you go up the body, each chakra has a range that it's responsible for. And it's basically um, embracing um, <clears throat> nature to induce and introduce balance. And in, in the pituitary and the pineal gland, in esoteric terms anyway, they're like a spirit level, a vertical and a horizontal. And if the... Um, the, the color, let's say, goes, say, too much out to the red in the, in the pituitary gland. A hormone is, is, is sent to draw in violet. And that brings, it, brings us back to the green balance to sit in the middle. So we've got that flexibility like a tree of bending either way. So our chakras are constantly being inspired to open to absorb sunlight and cosmic frequencies to bring balance back into our system. Everything else is a side salad. This is what happens. And so what's interesting is that if people are wearing, you know, nylon clothes and all, all stuck up in a car with rubber sole shoes, I mean rubber tires, and, you know, work, getting into a lift, and, you know, their, their, their fields are getting so invaded the chakras become delicate. I mean, the same way if you pick a flower, how quickly does it turn brown? Chakras are very delicate and they can get stuck. They can get stuck open. They can, they can, they can get squashed. Often you see a chakra squashed over to the side. And, you know, a healer will work the opposite side to it, clearing the space for that, for that flower to open up again. And um, so it becomes a very kind of fey and gentle People say to me, what do you do? And I say, oh, I do surgery with light rather than steel. You know, because it's precise. I'm not thunderblasting people with, 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 with light when I'm healing. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm finding out the exact point, the knots. People can't run into health if they're held back. What are the hooks holding them back? Many times healers have patients that scratch in the head. I've been treating this guy and he's running on the spot because there are fundamental things that we need to fix first. You know, elemental things. Is this guy drinking enough water? Is he grounded? Is he getting spiritual nourishment? Is he warm enough emotionally, physically? You know, the five element, elements. Otherwise, we're, we're not in healing mode. We can't be. So, you know, I think what, what we're beginning to understand is that we, we can translate the woo-woo language into science and then translate it back again into woo-woo so that, you know, important stages aren't missed. I'll give you an example. I filmed a guy healing someone and this big red 
thing appeared like a bubble in front of his throat as he was treating him. And it was because he had straight arms. So the flow coming in the left hand was coming up to his throat chakra and just billowing out like one of those rather interesting birds of paradise which shrills its throat up. Mm-hmm. And this is what we could see on the, on the equipment. It's not like, oh yeah, you missed it. Sorry, bad luck. The UFO's gone. This is real scientific lab data which can be viewed, measured, cross-analyzed by others. So what he did was he, I, I was like, you know, gesticulating at him, and he, and he kind of shuts his eyes, and this, this red thing bursts like a, you know, like a, a bubble blown by a child, just ping, is gone. And he's done that because he knows it's happened. But many times healers just get stuck in there, and God bless them, you know, they're, all the will in the world, they want to heal. They really want to. But because they don't know the harm them, they're putting themselves to, they might be standing there like a moth in the flame, sort of burning up without even realizing it. So, you know, I'm, I'm about, you know, protecting people who, as much protecting people who want to do this kind of work and informing them the stages that they can employ to protect themselves and, and to protect the people they're working with. And I think the key is that when we see a healer working, what they're doing is they're creating a, a, a cloud of white light. Creating means inducing, bringing down. You can literally see it coming down, this white field. And it, and it, and it like a light, a bright light, the healy, the patient, is glowing with this white light. And I think what happens is that the healy then draws from the white light what they need. A healer is in danger when he projects Pantone 732 type of green onto someone because, as you said, they're projecting their, you know, stuff. I mean, the trouble is our industry, you often have a weekend course in mastery and people think they're masters. And this is a, a fifth career psychopath trying to launder his karma. Mm. That's scary. Well, yeah, it's it works both ways, and that's why the skeptics have a very, very good um, reason to be alarmed, because we're doing one thing with different rules, with no rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, Which we is think why we got... have to police the industry. Yeah, so when people say, oh, God, integration of medicine, the only thing we've got to do is get our house in order. Everything else is a given. It's not like these guys have got to shift out the way and kind of somehow evaporate or, or, you know, burn in the fires of hell. These guys are doing great. These are making a product that's the same every time. Where's our, pro- where's our uniformity of product? Where's our... And then you go, oh, woo, 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 and you kind of disappear off in some justification of why everybody's different. Yeah, but methods are the same. If you want someone to learn to do something, you have to teach them. A, you know, if you want something to become institutionalized, it has to have a way. That's what we need to clarify is the way, because you go to the energy psychology conference and there's a hundred different modalities. As soon as an ego gets bright enough, it pops up with another one. It's like branded water. It's an oxymoron. Water's water. It's not bikini. You want to sell it back to me for 149 cents, a bottle of stuff I already own, then I'm the fool for paying for it. Mm -hmm. So, 
Can you talk a little bit about the the machines that are available to healers so that they can find out? Yeah, yeah. Well, the best machine, the two best machines in the universe for healing, one is called a glass because people, when they drink eight glasses of charged water, have got 85% A-grade health. We're 85% water. Mm-hmm. So if we have a proper um, supply of water, charged water into our bodies, that's 80% of our, 85% of our health right there. That's A-grade. Okay. What is a healer? A healer is someone who does a little bit of fine-tuning in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. It's so important for us to realize that there's a prioritization. We get 99% of our healing from from what we drink and what we eat and who we interact with, you know, in our daily lives. Um, And this is very clear. So the second most important healing tool to me is our hands because that's what the 1% use. Now, that was I was being cheeky then because what you really wanted to know about was such and such a camera that can perceive the energy field. Well, you know, I've made a very sophisticated biofield assessment uh, uh, set of equipment for five bucks um, with a couple of um, alligator clips, some um, insulated cable, um, a, a, a meter, just a meter that you could wire up, like from the dashboard of an old airplane or something, you know, um, a, um, a bucket of water and a couple of tin plates and an aerial from an old radio you know, five bucks, and it's data, it's it's information. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy, you know, the GDV for $15,000 and and see one layer of the field. And you can buy the PIP, and that's called polycontrast interference photography, and see another couple of layers. Then you can buy maybe the RFI and the ESM, and, and then you're building up more pictures. But as I said, these devices have got poorer cousins that do just as well you know, if you want to if you want to see something, a video camera, it's expensive. It costs you five hundred bucks. But if if you want that same information and you're happy just to hear the audio, you can buy a tape recorder for twenty bucks and just hear the audio. So it's so it's about how sexy you want to be. You know, yeah. do you want all the bells and whistles? Do you want to see everything? But in terms of as a tool, I find the PIP very interesting because it's like a mirror. There's my client standing there. And not only can I see them as they really are because the light interference patterns where there's emotional blockages or physical issues is is somehow skewed. And we can see that. So we can probe and find out exactly what it is. It's not a medical diagnosis. Um, Why would I want to do that? Diagnosis means two people don't know. What I want to do is I want to make an assessment and triangulate where that individual is in time and space, and just the physical information will skew my opinion. It's like having the sights on, a, on, a, on your, on your um, energy air rifle pointing love at some little creature, and one of the wheels is offset, so you think you're right on it, but you're way off. And that's why it's so important to have this other set of information. So, you know, from my perspective, yes, give people the opportunity to see their own energy fields and the penny drops. It's like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, I knew about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that now because I can see it. It's in my conscience. I can't hide it anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very, very powerful tool. The other thing, of course, is that I don't have time to mess about. And I don't want to spend two hours listening to some guy downloading his stuff to me. What I want to do is win his trust by saying, oh, wow, you've got a sore knee and a bad hip and you get a sore throat, don't you? And they're like, how the fuck did he know that? And, and what that means is that, is that I've opened a channel of trust. Mm-hmm. And the Healy is now going to accept my measure, whatever it is. But more for me for giving him something as a healer. If I'm giving him my energy, then why on earth would I do that? Because he's going to replace it with his dirty laundry. As I shove my energy into him, he's going to shove his dirty laundry on me. I'd rather teach a guy how to steer his own ship than to get on there sweating, holding his, his rudder while he's on the, the sun deck with his girlfriend, um, you know, drinking vodka. Wow, powerful imagery. It's what we do. It's what we do. You know, you know he, he, a lot of healers are stuck in, in the other end of the paradigm they hadn't realized. They're stuck in the shadow lands. But it's got a lot to do with, you know, how we're living right now. You know, when we originally built the village, the home, the, the community, there was always a, a spire, a, a temple um, or a church steeple, something like an um, aerial mast standing proud over the community. And these buildings were built by magicians, um, magical um, uh, secret holders of geometry, because when I go into a, a, a religious building, and don't get me wrong, when I go into a religious building, for me, it's like a spiritual laundromat. I kneel, the, the, the floor is designed to draw energy from me, disharmony from me. And the spire is grounding the most fabulously high frequencies. And as I gaze out of the windows or get lost in the tiles of the, you know, the paisley tiles in that mosque, you know, I'm, I'm reset. It's like people say mem- water has a memory. Yeah, but when you freeze it, it, it phase shifts and it drops all memory. So there are states that we can get into, like spiritual ecstasy, where we can cleanse ourselves and drop all the dross that we're carrying, drop all the laundry junk that people have dumped onto us. So again, you know, by getting upset about the way man was interpreting spirit in our religious facilities, so many of us have turned our back on these fabulous things that were there to kind of reward us for being selfless and looking beyond ourselves. So, you know, I think there's there's an irony there, and I think the way that we deal with it is we, um, you know, we put matrix... Um, uh, um, antennae on the top of the tallest buildings and, and you know we get our, our, our druids and our old folk and our, our sacred people and our um, you know the people who understand the power of patterns and voice to create you know little generators so there aren't these shadow lands you know if you think a big city with all the skyscrapers overtowering all these wonderful um, you know spiritual machines that are the old you know, religious sites and churches on the ley line points, these great towers that overshadow them, create dark areas where negative, disharmonious, turbulent activity can happen. So I'm not interested in healing someone and sending them out into an, you know, back into a polluted world. 
because I've come back, you know, dirty again. It's like, oh, well, we're back here again. You know, you, people have to heal their space, their homes. You know, we're so, we're so <laughs> fooled. You mean creating sacred space in your own home. That's no, I'm talking about our whole community needs to be scrubbed. There's rubbish lying everywhere. Um, there's, I mean, energetically I'm talking about. There's right. disharmony. There's a man standing on the side of the road, and it says, help needed will work. And everybody drives by. Now, what is that? This is a guy who actually needs help, and he's prepared to work. You know? Mm-hmm. We're, we've closed down to it. And so, you know... The true healing that's going on right now is just people rising up to the challenge of serving others. That is healing. Everything else is, 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 is an eyewash. You know, healers to me, including myself, are stroking and poking until we get to the root of it, which is, can I tell you what you need to know to keep your family healthy and protect you? If you're just going to come here and get me to press your reset button every time you blow a fuse, what's the point in that? What's the point? Exactly. So, you know, it's healers are teachers. And the good thing about it is they're sharing. They're not, they're not praying and they're certainly not preaching. You know, it's a sharing. And um, that is that touch of sharing is what wakes people up and inspires them to to serve others. And the others could be, you know, the cats, the donkeys, you know, the fey folk. You know, we could be about protecting the fey folk and and protecting forests. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. We're all here to serve, you know, mankind. Some people don't like humans. <laughs> Fair right. enough. And serve listen. else. So a lot of them are really involved with animal rescue right now. So there are people who need to be out working yeah. with animals. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 one thing that I would say from my perspective, which is nothing but interesting in the sense that you know you spend so much time in India seeing people literally at death's door. You know, the lady clutching her dehydrated child to her bosom, begging. And you've been told, oh, don't give them money. They're all part of some criminal gang. And you're looking at this poor wretch, literally, the baby. You know, if it doesn't get in the shade and have a glass of water and a bit of tit, it's going to be dead. And, you you know, wow, how can I be so thick-skinned that I don't grab them, stick them in the back of my car and take them home and love them to bits? Right. It's hard it's hard because there are so many people out there needing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean what we think we see and what we actually see is quite an illusion. I mean our eyes are carbon based, so we can only see all other carbon based life forms. You know, there's a hundred and a hundred and twenty odd elements out there, each with their own hierarchies of life forms. I mean I'm standing here thinking all I'm the only person in this room. Whereas there's a silicon, a silica old crone living in the space under my arm. And a helium whale swimming through the middle of this room from left to right. Um, and I don't know about it. I want you to say that again about the all the different elements in their hierarchies. Because I think that's something that needs to be repeated. That's a really hard thing for a, 
the average human to wrap their head around. Can you repeat well, that? I've got a file on my computer, and it's called Etheric Zoology. And it's basically a growing file of images of different types of entities. Now, I'm personally scientist interested in human beings when they're still alive. <laughs> but actually, sometimes I see things. I may capture, you know, a white glow that seems to be moving around on its own in somebody's field. Or a little, an orb or something, or a flying rod, or, or some, some, some very clear, you know, entity, sprite. I mean, there's so many, again, there's so many words to describe this world. And, um, you know, it's my understanding from my esoteric training that, that, that they're not visible to people unless, you know, the eyeball is an interesting chemical um, compound. So, you know, maybe if we get more salt or less salt or, or we, we squeeze our eyes in a different way maybe you know we can shift the molecules around and and then as i said before we've got this opportunity of having a lens so people who can see the fey folk you know all speak the same language it's like you know when when barbara and brennan and white did research on the language associated with biofield they found about 130 different cultural references words ancient words that meant chakra and meridian, and, le and, and chakra, and lay, and biofit, you know, ancient words. Because their knowledge was not lost. Yeah, in the same way, we have fairies in all the fairy tales around the world. So anyway, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think people, I, th I, I listen to conversations of people going on about all the, the friends they've got, and I go, oh my God, you know. I thought I was woo-woo, but there's actually a, there's actually a left wing of woo-woo even of me. But, you know, and the reason why that is is because I think we can get lost in it and make mm -hmm. ourselves even more unapproachable and even more misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm clear about putting the information out there because I'm not into holding anything back. And I'm certainly not into the delusionary, you know, um, game of creating a kind of a new mystery school where, you know, you get a little bit for 85 bucks, you come back for 300 and then for $1,000 you can get all the bells and whistles. You know, that to me is, you know, you know, when you're selling shower curtain rings and washing machines, you can play tricks, but when you're working with spirit, if you try that game, you're going to get your nuts burnt. Hopefully. Frazzled. Um. Yeah, that's why that's why girls are better at it. I think. <laughs> you said earlier that a healer, if their crown chakra is not open, yeah, uh, is not giving energy but taking it from the client. How no, no. What happens is our crowns open. We're, you know what I mean by a bumper car? Does that translate into yes, American? Yes, yes. We have bumper okay, cars. Okay, so we're all bumper cars with uh -huh. this this um, silver cord onto the mains grid the matrix mm -hmm. and so we, we we get our energy from that um you know people talk about the spleen and they don't even know what it is the spleen is when we're breathing say like pranayama we don't actually get prana and chi in through our lungs our lungs are chemical exchange systems by breathing deeply we pump the diaphragm and the diaphragm, in turn, like a bellows, encourages the splenic chakra to spin, which is slightly off to the left. And that 
draws in chi or prana. We also get it from our food and and from our from our you know uh, congenital chi's like from our families, you know our stock. Mm-hmm. So um, you know it's possible to you know misunderstand the activity of the spleen. All the blood flows through the spleen and chi and prana enter into it at that point. It's like you know getting on the ride at Disney World. That's where they get on as opposed to, you know, the bladder. Hello? Hi. That's really funny. My, I got a scratch card to call you because my phone has um, got a limited thing, and they've just told me I've got 60 seconds for this call. So how are we doing time-wise? We've only got three minutes left. Well, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to suddenly get... Go- cut off and yeah. um, you're going to have to go wow that was freaky I thought we were going to talk to a scientist about you know yeah. and we ended up going on a curveball so if you disappear we'll know why exactly. I appreciate so much your being here today I cannot begin I wish I'd I wish I'd done a two hour thing <laughs> well come back <laughs> will you will you sure. really let's have part two in a few weeks Yes, I would love that. I'll talk to you more about that later. Are you still there? See, he's gone. The phone card cut him off. God, that was so much fun talking to him. This guy's a rock star, in case you hadn't noticed. This guy is the is just energy medicine rock star, and he's agreed to come back. I'm so excited. I cannot see straight. I'm going to turn on the music, and we will talk to you again next week. Kichunai Murabuna Kichunai Murabuna